I got a helper today. This here is Caden. Caden was on the team today. Did you notice that? A couple helpers that were helping out. Caden was on the greeter team. Can you see him? He kind of, he's going to get real tall, but in a few years, you see he's got his boots on today, and he's on the greeter team. This is Caden. Yeah. We have a picture of him up there, I think. Yeah, that's him. Um, Pastor Discerns was arranged on the greeters for the service, and he called uh, the Adams, and Caden uh, said, do I get to greet today? Do I get to welcome people? He's very excited about it. He's very happy about it. He's on his way to school, and Grandpa was taking him to school, and he said, is it Happy Friday this week? Grandpa said, what do you mean? He said, you know, it's a happy Friday. He said, Grandpa said, you mean like when everybody gets off work and they have the weekend? No, I mean when we go to church. Oh, he said, that's, yeah, that's not happy Friday. That's, that's good Friday. But it's happy too, isn't it? I think Caden had a good idea. Appreciate you helping me out. You're welcome. God bless you. All right. <laughs> I have a friend whose daughter is starting out in life, getting going, and she's a nurse in Petoskey. She, she's raised in a sheltered home, a real good Christian home. And she's living up there alone, and she works all night in the hospital with the other nurses who are, who are raised a little different than her. They, uh, they live a little different than her. Matter of fact, she, she notices that they, they, they just work, and then they kind of like to drink, mostly, and kind of party, and that's, that's kind of what they do. That's mostly what they do. And they have a shift. They go from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and uh, she said a lot of them uh, go out to breakfast at 7 a.m., and they, they drink at breakfast. She said, if you listen to them talk, they talk about what they're going to drink, when they're going to drink, where they're going to drink, and how they're going to re- recover from what they drank. And they have a little phrase. You know what it is? TGIF. <laughs> you heard that? Thank, it stands for Thank God It's Friday. <laughs> but the girls in Petoskey, they, they, they don't really, they don't mean it as a worshipful phrase, right? They don't, they don't get it yet. Maybe someday. They're working with Naomi. I certainly will get the message. But I know you're here because you thank God for this Friday. And I do too. John Piper wrote a book. Remember about 10 years ago, the, the movie The Passion of the Christ came out. Um, and so the family all got in the car, and we were in Flint at the time. And uh, you really don't go to the movie theater very often. So we go in, and there we all go to the movie theater, and we walk in, and we sit down and watch just the most horrific depiction of our Savior's brutal treatment and his torture and his death. And I remember, you know, at the end, they opened that door in the front, and then we went out into the sun on that spring day, just all of us, just the whole family, just weeping because of what Jesus went through. John Piper said, pastor up in Minneapolis, he said, in his opinion, the, the, the movie did a really good job of describing 
what Jesus went through physically. But, but the movie really didn't tell why he went through it. So he wrote a book. Piper did, and he's a good writer. As a matter of fact, I have extra of these for some of you. If you'd want one, I could give you one. But last year I noticed this because pastors are always looking for help. I thought, it's interesting. There, his book that John Piper wrote about the passion of the Christ is 50 Reasons Jesus Came to Die. 50, Piper says there's lots more, but in the book he has 50 reasons that Jesus came to die. Today, I just want to talk about one of those reasons, just to isolate one of those reasons. Pastor Discerns read Isaiah 53. And, and you, you, didn't that sound exactly like a description of Jesus suffering on Calvary? Because it was, but it was not written after. You know, it was written hundreds of years before. Hundreds of years before Jesus died, God the Holy Spirit inspired Isaiah the prophet to write down details about the crucifixion, which Roman crucifixion hadn't been invented yet. And my focus is just on the very last phrase. The very last phrase says that one of the things Jesus did in those three dark hours on the cross is he prayed for transgressors. And that makes you think, well, what did he pray? Well, we're not sure. We do know one thing he prayed because it's one of the seven sayings of Christ on the cross. He prayed, Father, forgive them. He prayed, Father, forgive them. They, they know not what they do. He, he prayed for the forgiveness of transgressors while he was suffering on the cross. Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross is so precious to us. I know it is to you. I know, why, I know that's why you're, you're here today. Think about these, these three things. Jesus forgave through the cross, on the cross, and, and from the cross. Jesus forgave through the cross. Uh, Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus forgave through the cross. And, and we could quote dozens of scriptures that say this, but just a few. In Matthew 26.28, The blood of the covenant was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I stole chocolate when I was a boy. I still do that in my house. I tell Lois, if you have chocolate, I will find it. I'm serious. Seriously, I'm not kidding. When she left, she's out of town this week. She'll be back for Easter, but she's out of town today and working. And she says to me, when she left, she has a little roll-top desk in the bedroom. She opened it up. She said, you see that right there? That's for the grandkids for Easter. And if you eat it, it's going to be on your conscience. I'm serious. Last night, I, I, before I went to bed, I opened it up. I looked at it for the longest time. I thought I could replace all of that tomorrow. <laughs> just terrible. You know, it's like, as a kid, I stole a little piece of a candy bar that was in a kid's desk at reading. And the, the teacher, the nitwit that she was, sent a note home to my dad over that petty offense. <laughs> now, it's probably good. She, back in those days, in the olden days, they tried to teach a character, and I'm sure they still do. But. So my dad got real serious. He got that real serious look on his face. And 
I had no money to, to make restitution. I had no way to make restitution for what I had done. And I felt real guilty about stealing that. And the teacher was really good about making me feel guilty. My mom and dad got really grave like I was Charles Manson. Like, you stole? Hmm. My dad says, come with me. I'm like, what's he going to do to me? You know, will, will they ever be able to find my body after he's done? <laughs> my dad has this way, you know, get in the car. I get in the car, and he drives silently down this gravel road over by Wayland, where he pastored. And, and we, we go to this little store out in the country, and he just, without saying anything, goes, come with me. We get out of the car, he goes in. He said, show me the kind of candy bar you stole. I'm like, it was three musketeers. He goes, let's get another one, and let's because you need to pay him back. And I'm going to have to pay for this, because you don't have any money. Real serious, and he, so he gets it. And then from the time I got home from school to the time that we got there, my dad never smiled. He was just serious as he could be. And, and I just stood beside him kind of trembling. And then, he, and then he said, why don't you pick up a bag of chips for your buddies? And then there was this little, like, sunbeam of mercy that went across his face. Okay. So now he talks on the way back, and he goes, you stole, then you can't pay it, but I'm going to pay for you. And you can go, and you can give that back and make restitution, and then you can, have, you can share that bag of chips with your buddies. And I went, went back to school and gave him that candy bar, and the kid was happy because I only ate a tiny little corner of it. I've always resented that. And I should have just ate the rest and gave him back the corner and said, there, that's what I ate, low life. You know, but gave him the whole candy bar. He was really happy because he netted a lot of candy out of that deal. Uh, and then we went out by the little school there in Hopkins and we, we, with my buddies um, that I bought with those chips for the day. And, and we ate the chips. I couldn't pay for my sin. My dad paid for my sin and then he added some grace on top of that. Now I look back and I realize my dad was doing theology the whole time. You know that, right? He wanted, me to, he wanted me to cherish Jesus like you do today. And we do cherish him because he forgave us from the cross. We couldn't pay for our sin. We couldn't pay for our evil thoughts and the things that we stole and the words that we said and our attitude that always comes out when we don't want it to. But he did. He paid for all of that. For all of that. And, and then on top of that, he just keeps giving us more. Doesn't he? I know that's why you're here today. Jesus forgave through the cross the sins of millions of people. <laughs> I love that. He forgave on the cross. He's just forgiving the, the thieves that were dying on either side. And they were mocking him, right? It's, what a story that is. How, we, how Christians cherish that story. How they were both mocking. And then, then the one watching how he died, the Bible says, kind of changed his attitude and began to rebuke the other one. And, and then he, he expresses faith in Jesus. And then he asked Jesus, to remember him when he comes to his kingdom. And then Jesus promises that penitent thief forgiveness and a place in paradise with Jesus that day. Jesus forgave through the cross, and he forgave while he was on the cross. He was forgiving. And Jesus forgave from the cross because we know that he prayed, like in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them. 
extending forgiveness to people who hadn't even asked for it yet, who didn't even know enough to ask for it yet, or, or who were too willful to ask for it, or they were just doing what they were doing out of just dark ignorance. There was, there was a demonic involvement in the death of Christ. Satan and the demons didn't know what they were doing, the Bible says, or they wouldn't have done it. They thought they were defeating him. He was actually defeating them. Glory be to God. Thank God it's Friday. Jesus forgave through and on and from the cross. I thank God it's Friday. Do you? On that Friday, what Jesus did was he started a, really a worldwide revolution of forgiveness. Among a lot of other things, he started a worldwide beautiful revolution of forgiveness that just swept the world over centuries of time. Think about this. Because Jesus died on that Good Friday, you can be forgiven. Some of you, you say, you might feel that way. Maybe all of us feel that way sometimes. I don't deserve to be forgiven. Yep, but you're right about that. See, he doesn't forgive deserving people. He forgives sinners. And you say, well, the things people know about me <laughs> and the things people don't know about me. But he knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. There isn't anything he doesn't know. And nothing escapes his offer of mercy. And that's beautiful. I know that's, I know that's why you're here this afternoon. Because you understand that. Nothing escapes his offer of mercy. For those who receive it, because Jesus died, you can be forgiven. Thank God. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, but there's more. <laughs> Sounds like an infomercial, doesn't it? But there's more. Yeah. Because Jesus died on that Friday, not only can you be forgiven, but because Jesus died on the cross on that Friday, you can also be a forgiver like he is. Think about that for a minute. You can be forgiven and you can be forgiving. You can be a forgiver. How wonderful it is to be a forgiver. How magnetic and wonderful are forgivers. What a sweet thing it is to be able to forgive other people. Man, that, that's got to happen in life we so often offend. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And frequently, the apostles would tie this together, our duty to forgive, our opportunity to forgive with the forgiveness that we've received. Like, uh, like Paul said, and I always hear my mother's sweet voice in this, uh, Ephesians 4, 32, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And what's it say? Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. See what I'm saying? Because you're forgiven, you can't withhold forgiveness from somebody else. How can you say, the blood of Jesus covers all my sin, but not yours? You can't do that. It, Jesus kind of says, if you think that way, you didn't get it. And he says it in a different way, but that's what he's saying. If that's how you think, you didn't get it. You don't have it. And, and Paul repeats it in a beautiful way in Colossians. as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies and kindness Humility and meekness and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave, so must you. 
You say, I'm forgiven. Well, then you must be a forgiver. Okay, it's Good Friday, and I, I just, I love this service because like no other time of the year, I think this hour right now in the life of our church is maybe the hour when most people are just here because they adore Jesus. That's why they come. It's not so much a tradition as it is you, you wake up and you go, okay, once again I look upon the cross where you died, and I say thank you for that. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. I want to express that thanksgiving. Okay, so wouldn't it be wonderful if you just had this quiet little promise covenant between you and the Lord today, and you just said, I'm going to think up today somebody who's hurt me in some way, and then I'm going to give them a get-out-of-jail-free pass plus a bag of potato chips, you know, for share with their buddies. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be like Jesus? Wouldn't that just be wonderful? to do just to say I forgive you from my heart because Jesus forgave me from his heart maybe that person is actually sitting next to you (laughs) maybe you're married to him I mean you know that might be the person you need to forgive the most just let them let them be let them up give them mercy just forgive them it's Friday thank God it's Friday Isn't that beautiful? Jesus said this, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. That's a shocker, isn't it? It doesn't mean you'll be lost. What it means is you'll be oppressed. You'll be oppressed. We're talking about tormented. the, The Scriptures actually say, that people that don't forgive are, are often tormented demonically. They're oppressed. Well, that explains a lot, doesn't it? This is in Matthew 18. His master was angry. This is the end of that parable that Jesus told of the unforgiving servant. His master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he had paid all that he could. So my heavenly Father will do to each of you from, if from his heart he doesn't forgive his brother his trespasses. If you say, I'm forgiven, but I'm going to withhold forgiveness, then what's going to happen is then you're going to have oppression. You're going to have torturers. That's what Jesus said. I've seen this. I've seen this. It's true. Because Jesus died, you can be forgiven, and you can forgive other people. And if you don't, then it's not going to be well. It's not going to be good for you. But there's more. (laughs) There's more. Thank God, it's Friday. Because Jesus died, we can be forgiven. Because Jesus died on that Friday, we can forgive other people. And because Jesus died, we can show other people how to be forgiven forgivers. That's pretty neat when you think about it. You can set people free. Don't look at, like, don't look at it like a, you know, evangelist with his hair slicked back, fast-talking people out of their money. Don't look at it like that. Look at it like, you know, you just love people, and you go, come here, I want to show you my absolute favorite restaurant. This is an amazing place. The portions are awesome. The help is great. The atmosphere is perfect and as cheap as can be. Come on, come and take a look. It's a, only a lot better than that. You're like, I one time went to this place, burdened with my sin, and I walked away totally free forever. You want to go there. 
Like, are you kidding me? Is there a place? Like, yes, there is. Foot of the cross of Jesus Christ is the place where Christians can go kneel and be completely relieved of all of their guilt and all of their shame and all of their past and all of their sins, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. Thank God. It's Friday. (laughs) So you can help other people. But did Jesus pray for his torturers on the cross? He, he prayed, Father, forgive them. And then Stephen. Remember Stephen? You ever heard of him? Like, not ours, the one in the Bible, yeah, who you are, I'm sure, named after, was this beautiful character in the Bible, Stephen. This deacon, you know, servant, and then spirit-filled soul inner guy, and then martyr. Martyr. And I think when he died, he must have had Jesus on his mind. He had vision of God. But he says the same thing when he's dying. Lay not this sin to their charge. He's a forgiven forgiver. Are you? It would be a great day to, to uh, remind yourself, I'm forgiven and I'm a forgiver. And I have the ministry of going out, helping other people be forgiven forgivers. <laughs> Set them free. Madison, Georgia, is a beautiful little antebellum town. It was right in the path of General Sherman's trek through Georgia in the Civil War. Sherman burned his way through the state of Georgia a mile wide, everything in his path. Melted down railroad ties and wrapped them around trees and thoroughly made his way through Georgia. And Madison, the little village of Madison, Georgia, was right in his path. And he was intent on destroying it like all the others. But his brother was friend to one of the town fathers in Madison, Georgia, and they made a deal, and Sherman marched around Madison, Georgia. And so it's still there today. And of all the little towns in Georgia, it has the most antebellum architecture and mansions. And a friend of mine from college, Bruce Hebel, and his wife, Tony, celebrating her birthday. And they decided that they would go to Madison, Georgia, and they would stroll up and down the streets and eat at the little cafe. And they did. They went to this little cafe called Perk Avenue Cafe and Coffee Shop. Perk Avenue. That's cute, isn't it? So they go in, and... Um, When they go in, they hold the door, and another couple comes in. About the time they hold the door for the other couple, they go up, and they say, we're celebrating our birthday today. And the other couple kind of laughs. They go, well, the the woman, her name was Robin. It was her birthday, too. Tony's birthday, Robin's birthday. They just happened to be there at the same time in this little village in Madison, Georgia. Uh, Tony had a funny impulse, like the Holy Spirit was telling her, I want you to talk with Robin. And she mentioned it to Bruce. She says, I feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of nudged me to talk with Robin. They talked a little bit, but they kind of got cut off, and then they finished their dinner, and they went on the tour. And in another one of the Annabella mansions they were touring, they bumped into each other again. And again, this strong impulse They talked a little bit more. They got to know each other a little bit more. They were from California, Bob and and Robin. So Bruce and Tony, at this point, Tony leans over to Bruce and says, I think I'm going to uh, to 
strike up a conversation with her, and she strikes up a conversation, and, and she opens up her heart a little bit about, Robin does, opens up her heart a little bit about a hurt, a very deep hurt that she had in her past. It was with her mother. It's an unrelenting hurt. And, and uh, then they, were, they, they moved on, and in the next house they were touring, Tony just walking down the steps just says to Robin, Robin, if you'd like to, we could sit down and talk about that. Now, now here's, what, here's what Robin didn't know. Here's what Bob didn't know. And Bruce and Tony, they had been a ministry couple. He'd been a pastor for 30 years. He, we went to school together. Then he went to Dallas. When he graduated from Dallas, he became a pastor. And it was kind of rough on him. He had, a difficult, he had difficult experiences in the ministry. <laughs> His way of saying it is sheep bite sometimes. Pastors do too. You know, that just happens, you know, sometimes. But he had it rough. And... Uh, his wife one time was so discouraged that she called, uh, she called James Dobson's helpline for pastors. And she said, she just kind of poured her heart out and said, this is what's going on. And the guy on the other end of the line that was a trained counselor that had heard from dozens, maybe even scores or hundreds of pastors and pastors' wives said, was really quiet for a long time and then said, I've never actually heard a story as bad as that. I'm just shocked you're still in the ministry. And uh, they, they scheduled Bruce Wilkinson to come to their church. And Bruce Wilkinson coached and counseled them. And um, Bruce went away for a while with a book on forgiveness. And he realized that he needed to forgive the people that had hurt him. Or it was going to destroy him, destroy his wife, and destroy their kids. So he did. And he came back a new man. Torturers were gone. And he coached Tony through the forgiveness and the torturers left her too. And coached his, coached his kids through the forgiveness. And they, all three of them, still living for the Lord, love the Lord. And he was talking with Bruce Wilkinson. And Bruce Wilkinson said, you need, to, you need to write a book about this. And what they decided to do is they actually are no longer a pastor and his wife, but they actually have a ministry called Forgiving Forward, where they go around the country and they help people forgive those who've hurt them. And now they're in Madison, Georgia, with the woman who says to them as they sit down, I was up in the night last night praying, God, please send somebody to help me forgive my mother. Isn't that awesome? And she was just set free on that day. Thank God it's Friday. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Doesn't that just make you want to stand up and sing Amazing Grace or something? Let's do that. Well, I'll tell you the story about Tony being sensitive about the gal that needed forgiveness. You ever feel kind of like a little jealous pang when you hear stuff like that? I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be used to the Lord that way. And you know, today I, I noticed that we have brothers and sisters from other fellowships that maybe your service times were different than ours. And so thank you so much for being with us. Hope we're a blessing to you. And we pray for your church and for your ministry too. And I know you're going to be with your people on Easter Sunday. And we, we've been praying for you. Our deacons met last night. We prayed for, for you. Uh, those of you who make Evangel your home, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to nudge your heart who to invite. Because there are people who don't want to be invited to church on Easter, and they're not coming, you know. They're, they're, but it's surprising how many there are who do have Godward inclinations, and God is causing them to seek after him, and, and, uh, and an invitation would be a good thing to do. So um, we, we're putting on the pancake breakfast and, uh, and the celebration, and we've got some special surprises for you.
on Easter Sunday. I'm just saying, special surprises, two big special surprises, along with, of course, obviously just the, the richness of the celebration of Christ's resurrection on, on Sunday morning. So th- I I'm just uh, wanted to give you that little reminder that uh, just to say to the Lord, maybe as you, as you walk away, who do I need to forgive, Lord? And then who, who would I maybe invite that you would be working on that it would just be well-received? So let's pray now. Lord, I pray your blessing on these who have gathered for your sake. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you suffered and died. And Lord, that you took our sins and that you forgave us and that we are, uh, can be forgivers too. And I pray for all that have gathered here that that would be their experience, forgiven of forgivers. Thank God it's Friday. Amen.